This is Exposure on Impact 89FM. WDBL East Lansing. The show that lets you know about everything that goes on at the MSU campus that you otherwise might not know about. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. We're your hosts, Megan Samp and Tessa Gresh. Welcome to Exposure. Hello, hello, and welcome to Exposure. You are listening to Season 14. I'm your host, Tessa Kresh. Today, I'm joined by some people who belong to a public speaking debate team, but not just any public speaking debate team, one that simulates legal trials. This week on Exposure, we're talking about the MSU Mock Trial, also known as MSUMT, a student organization that works on crafting legal cases. They take on the roles of lawyers and witnesses, and then they go head to head with other colleges. Welcome to Exposure, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're happy to be here. Of course. So before we get into it all, could you guys introduce yourselves, say your name, major year? Sure, I'll start. My name is Mallory. I'm a sophomore here. So I am a history and finance major. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a humanities major and I'm a senior. And my name is Joey. I'm an urban planning major and I'm also a senior. Okay, so I can already tell that you guys have a wide range of majors. Would you say that's general for the for the club? Definitely. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. There's um there's a quite a bit of variation in the majors. We see a lot of kids from James Madison, people from the different pre-law majors, history, business, and we have a couple STEM majors as well, which you don't normally expect, but we have it. Quick icebreaker. What would you guys say is your guilty pleasure? Ooh, I got to say anytime that I can get my hands on little pieces of chocolate candy, uh, peanut M&Ms, I always have a couple with me just to snack on. That's genius. Personally, for me, it's The Real Housewives, specifically oh! The Real Housewives of New York right now. I'm deep into season three, and I'm obsessed. Yeah, I'm a lover of a good sitcom. Like, you know, anytime I can't figure out what to watch, it's straight to either Friends or The Office. So could you guys give me just a brief overview of what the mock trials, what MSU mock trials is? Um, so basically what we are as Michigan State mock trial is we operate under this overarching organization known as the American mock trial organization. And each year, the American mock trial organization, they release this case book. It's filled with witness affidavits, rules of evidence, all the things that we need to really put on a legal trial. And that's exactly what we do. We have attorneys who give opening and closing statements, conduct direct and cross-examination of witnesses. And speaking of witnesses, we have people who portray characters in the case. And they really help um, bring the facts of the case to life and and help everything move forward. And we compete against other schools across the country. We've traveled all over and we compete with that case. Every year uh, it switches in between a, a civil and criminal trial. So the criminal trial is the classics, murder, assault, kidnapping. That's actually, we have a very interesting case this year that's criminal. We have a heist case based off the movie Die Hard and oh. with, with hints of national treasure thrown in there as well. but. Um, and then other years, it's civil suits. So, um, you know, last year we had uh, negligence in a plane crash case. Um, two years before that, we had a um, another negligence case, but it was a little different. Um, it was about somebody who might have poisoned a wine bottle accidentally. So, Ooh. yeah, um, every year the case is, is really interesting, usually based on some sort of uh, recent event or, or fictional story or something like that. But um, AMTA always gives us a case that's brought to life with colorful characters, sometimes an expert or two um, on whatever the case might be about. So this year we have 
forensic experts to talk about DNA and fingerprints and all that that might be connected to the crime. It's a great opportunity for all sorts of students to really come together. And we learn so much about like the legal system. We use, you know, our rules of evidence are based off the federal rules of evidence. Um, and then we also have case law. So we get good practice in like actually applying those sorts of things in a mock trial type situ situation. So I first found out about you guys because I saw something that kind of resembled a casting call for actors. Could you explain that? Is a lot of what you do acting? Yes, um, this year we Definitely recruited looking for a lot of um, people with acting experience because half of what the case is, is those witnesses that put the that bring the characters to life and they move forward the facts of the case. And I know that that with mock trial, people often assume, oh, it's just lawyers arguing. It's just straight law. But no, witnesses have insane personalities. They can be funny. They can be um, stern and, and have more of a serious tone. They can get emotional on the stand. There's so much variation when it comes to the witnesses that we portray in our case. And it definitely helps when you have some some theater background. So when we when we do recruit for um, new members, we we like to look for people who have those that public speaking debate um, law background. But we also look for people with with acting experience because that definitely goes into it. What's great about what we do is a lot of it is scripted. We, I mean, we have a lot of practice time dedicated to how our attorneys will ask our witnesses question. But the other half of it is the witnesses actually getting questioned by the other team and they don't know what's coming. So it's kind of a fun improv challenge for our mm -hmm. witnesses to sit there and embody a character who has to be believable and, you know, not argumentative like a lawyer, but they also still want to support our team and answer questions in a way that help our team's case. I've been one, <laughs> Sammy's been one, Mallory has been one. We've all really had fun sitting up there getting questioned. And uh, that's, as Sammy said, why we put out a call this year, because we were looking for um, to add more people onto our team who could develop that sort of rapport. So as much as our witnesses really are acting the entire time, and I've seen some incredible performances last year in our negligence case, the case was brought to, you know, court by the spouse of somebody that died in an accident. So that, you know, portrayal was so emotional and there was really, really great performances that I saw. But also within that same case, we had a fortune teller who, you know, was going on a sun diet, you know, and just <laughs> you know, it can be really silly, too. Yeah. And the wide range is something that's so interesting. But even just beyond witnesses, I think that attorneys themselves are in a way acting. When you're giving an opening and a closing statement, you're trying to persuade, you know, your jury. And to do that, you have to sort of put on a persona. You know, when I'm, you know, giving an opening statement or whatever, I like to, you know, imagine myself more confident than maybe I actually am. And to do that, it feels a lot like acting. You mentioned you guys were all witnesses at one point. What kind of roles have you played in this? Oh, me and Joey definitely run in the same boat. We've typically played expert witnesses, which an, an expert witness can mean a lot of different things. It can be a doctor who's testifying to um, medical reports that a, that a victim had. Um, it could be a forensic analyst who's who's talking about DNA evidence, how an investigation was conducted. Last year in the plane crash case, uh, we had a couple of experts, um, but most of them were like crash reconstructionists. So they could testify as to when they went through the wreckage, what was wrong with the plane or what did the pilot do wrong that might have brought the plane down. That was a really fun thing to talk about because I think you see a lot in mock trial that the way AMTA writes cases, there's a lot of leeway to say 
and make whatever argument you want to make. And the experts are the ones who can support those sorts of arguments with like factual stuff that they've been given. Yeah. And it takes a different demeanor. I mean, for Mallory, you've you've played character witnesses and that's I have, yes. That's definitely something that can be a lot more flamboyant and out there while expert witnesses often they don't really have like a specific standard of personality that that they're presenting with, but you can be more serious or more educational. Yeah, I would say the character witnesses, that's kind of what I am more drawn to, are very, very different from that. Um, when you're an expert, you really want the jury to like you, to believe you. You want to sound smart. In contrast, I'm currently playing a character. Her name is Cypress Cosmos. Um, she is the one that's putting on the gala that eventually gets robbed. And she, you know, she's just a little philanthropist. She's super duper rich. She's been married three times. She's the founder yes. of Bugattis Without Borders. Okay. So, and, you know, the American Society for the Fashionably Challenged. Mm -hmm. So she really yeah. loves to give back to her community in any way that she can. I think it's important to note that a lot of what Mallory's character is portraying isn't actually written into the case, but actually something that witnesses can come up with based off the facts that they're given. So like, so you're developing this character absolutely, as you go. There's yes. still some more work to be done. Of course, yes. And we're still coming up with stuff because this is the witness that me and Mallory work on. She's the witness and I'm the attorney, but we're, we're coming up with all these things that she can squeeze in on cross-examination when, when she's not following a script and there's another attorney from another team asking her questions. So. And you're all waiting to go to one competition against other schools, right? Yes and no. There's, there's one big competition at the end of the year called regionals and that's a competition where you either move on or you're done for the season and hopefully we we like to move on in the season in addition to regionals which takes place in february we compete at all of these different invitationals is what they're called they're just schools all across the country will host these tournaments. AMTA provides the case materials or gives people rights to put on these invitationals. We put one on ourselves, but it's not the official regionals tournament that's run and coordinated by AMTA. It's run by other schools. And you're still presenting the same case? The entire year. Until nationals. If Until you make nationals. it all the way to the top, then they give you a case that you have to prepare within like a three-week time frame. All mm -hmm. right. Yeah, we got okay. to do that two years ago. That was a really yeah. fun experience. That's intense. Starting from the beginning of the year, you started preparing this case. You became character witness. You're attorney, right? Yes. What are you? Uh, I'm both. I'm actually a prosecution attorney and then an expert on the defense. And who is the jury? Ooh, good question. So the best way to explain mock trial is there's no real jury. But we do have two judges who act as our... Two or well, more. Two or more. Can, they're our constructive jury. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll present all of our statements and the witnesses will direct their testimony to our two judges who are sitting at the front of the room. But they will talk to them as if they are a jury, telling them what to expect. And they're ultimately deciding who wins? Yeah. Uh, the decision for who wins isn't done like a typical trial where, you know, guilty, not guilty yeah. or liable, not liable. It's actually done based off a uh, point system. So each performance, uh, each part of the trial is scored on a scale of one to ten. So each attorney's statement, each witnesses and attorney's direct examination, each witnesses and attorney's cross-examination. Basically, as we move through the trial, the judges will score each individual performance on a scale of one to 10 and they add it up at the end. And in a different, and whoever has the most scores essentially is the winner. Um, but there's also another part at the bottom of the score sheet, which we call a ballot, where judges are allowed to put their subjective opinions on which 
four attorneys they liked best in order of who they liked best and which four witnesses did they like best as well. And whoever kind of gains as many points from that type of scoring system, where if you get ranked one so many times, you can get an individual award. So there's there's team awards and then there's individual awards as well. Who are these judges? Are they students or alum? The tournaments really prefer people that have a legal background, specifically because there's going to be a presiding judge that's ruling on objections and things like that. So you have to have some sort of knowledge on the rules of evidence. So they really like to get real attorneys. Um, We've had real judges, you know, actually judge our competitions, which is always cool. really fun when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really do want people that have some legal expertise. Yeah, law students, people who are attorneys, any type of um, any type of lawyer, criminal, civil, tax law we've seen. <laughs> um, professors of law are great as well. Do you think you you want the most? Well, not only are we looking for people with law experience, but we're also looking for people who realize that this is, you know, mock trial, that they'll they'll be getting into a case that they've never heard before. And they're working with undergraduates. We are in an undergraduate program. We're not law students ourselves. So a lot of judges that we get um, are always impressed that undergraduates are able to present legal cases like we're able to. But we want somebody who's able to give us feedback as if this was a real trial, you mm-hmm. know, being able to make a solid argument, present a valid theory about the case at hand. How did you guys get involved in this? Did you do something like this in high school? For me, yes, I I did mock trial in high school, but I kind of stumbled upon it. And so I wanted to keep doing it in college as well. So I I went to join and it was it was Zoom during that time. It was the midst of COVID. So auditioned online, did the first year and a half of mock trial online and zoom trials were definitely another beast of their own yeah but um <laughs> i'm super glad that i stuck with it yeah sammy and i joined the same year and i was down in texas when we were running our first trials i was in new jersey year. as well yeah and i had i had done mock trial since middle school so it was not wow, only i've never heard of it before yeah it, it's there's actually a lot of high schools out there that do it it was coming from that background of having done it in high school and then not only being on a new team for college but going to a completely different format having to learn the differences mm. in what high school and mock or in college mock trial were all while kind of behind a computer screen it was a weird experience it was definitely a weird way to start your college experience. Me, me and Joey were both freshmen when we joined. We didn't know anyone. We were hundreds of miles apart. But I guess joining mock trial was a way that we we gained community. I met people who who I would spend hours with on a on a Zoom screen, and I'd get to know them so much. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was a way to get kind of a connection. And I'll tell you this: it was definitely really weird finally seeing a lot of people in person <laughs> after a year and a half. A lot of people like, a lot taller than you yeah. would think they Oh, would my be. gosh. I would, yes. I would see someone. I'm like, whoa, you're a giant. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it, it was it was a whole weird scenario when we were when we were on Zoom mock trials and all the stuff that kind of happened afterwards. Because when we came back after Zoom trials, we we recruited people like Mallory and we had a huge influx of people who were who were interested in joining. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to miss all of that. <laughs> I'm not old and decrepit like Sammy and Joey <laughs> here. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I saw them at participation. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer and this was something that I would love and I was correct. So you intend on going to law school after this, yes? Absolutely. What yes. about you guys? One day. Yeah, yeah. that's the plan. Uh, take a gap year after I graduate and then find a school. 
Yeah. Would you say generally a lot of people in MSU mock trial are planning to go to law school? I would say yes and no. I think that for a majority or like a, at least probably over 50 percent, 50, 60 percent, everyone, everyone's interested in becoming a lawyer, going to law school or doing something in the legal field. But we have a few people who are probably not going to touch a courtroom with with a six foot stick. We have someone who work, who's in biochemical medicine. So there's no way she's going to be a lawyer, but uh, she's going to become a doctor or something like that. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of variation. Not everyone wants to go to law school, but then that goes to show that we have people in our program that have all these different majors and all these different backgrounds and all these different futures. And mock trial can really go towards any type of career that you pursue, legal or not. What's really great, I think, is our coaches tell us all the time that we handle evidence and argumentation better than a lot of their classmates from law school. Dang. And the judges will say that, too, at the end that of each round. That must feel good. Well. It feels oh, yeah. good. But I think that also goes to show that we as a program are really setting people up for success if they do choose to go into law in any form, but also just in terms of public speaking, debate, being able to make a valid argument that professionalism yeah absolutely we, yeah <laughs> or hopefully nobody will end up in a courtroom as a defendant or anything but yeah. you know that so they know how to act if that happens yeah. <laughs> i will say though i got called for jury duty <gasps> like a couple months ago and no. i go i go in there and they're, they're asking me about my background and stuff and I, and i and i get onto the point where i'm a, I'm a law student and I'm, i do my trial and they dismiss me right away so the odds <laughs> of you because they, they don't want they don't want people who know how to make an objection to criticize the attorneys to like critique their work. So you'll get dismissed from jury duty if you do mock trial at the oh, end of the day. That's a good thing for people to know. Yeah, I think I think that's a really big recruitment point <laughs> that we're going to have to use in the future. It's a double edged sword yeah. because, man, I would love to go see a trial on oh, a jury. Right. As a mock. I mean, there's a big difference between mock trial and real court. Mock trial is definitely a little bit more dramatic. Things are a little bit more ridiculous, I'll say. Yeah. That's not to say that ridiculous things don't happen in a real life courtroom, but. I'm imagining like the court scene in in Legally Blonde right now when I think of this. Yes. Yeah. I would think that's pretty accurate, actually, Um, (laughs) because we have to condense, you know, in real life trials are really long. You know, they can take weeks. We condense all of that into three hours. And that's a a hard deadline. Three hours. They give us a strict time. So you get all those really, really fun moments. And we like to create drama. We want the judges paying attention to us. So we're going to do whatever we have to to get that attention. What's interesting, I think, is uh, AMTA's case that they give us is called a, a closed universe case. Right. So we can't go and make up facts that aren't in the case already. So we have to stick to the very specific story points that are in each case that we're given. But then we can also expand on it with, as we were talking about earlier, Mallory's character development. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, or, you know, for example, in this case this year, we have a defendant who doesn't have any affidavit or report to go off of so they can make up their background, why they maybe were involved in the heist that they committed. So we are given leeway to make some stuff up, but in general, we're relegated to a small list of facts and evidence. Can you walk me through the preparation process and what a week looks like to you guys? Oh, God. It depends on what week you pick. If it's the week, if it's the weeks like two weeks ago where we just started our season, it's very, it's very chill and relaxed. We're, we're laying the foundation of what, what the case is. We're, we're introducing our new members and trying to um, bring them into what mock trial is. How do you, how do you do this? But then you kind of get towards this week and next week where we're leading up to going to a tournament. 
um, October 7th and 8th. So we're, we're scrimmaging, we're, we're finalizing all of our scripts, statements are written, ready to be practiced and ran. It's definitely very stressful. We're, we're meeting more frequently, but these are the types of things that need to be done to, to bring home trophies and to, and to really show out at tournaments, which is something that we, we definitely always achieve to do and strive to do. And right now, how many days a week are you meeting? Throughout the year, we have a set schedule of meeting Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday for three hours at a time. Wow. But because we do have an additional, you know, tournament coming up, we have some additional practices in like place. We have an optional practice on Monday. I've seen us have practice on Wednesdays. And we're also going to expand a little bit of our Sunday practice just to make sure we're really, really ready for that. We have new people on our team, so we want them to be comfortable going into their first tournament. When we're inviting new people, we try not to shy away from the fact that this is a big time commitment, like at least nine hours a week of yeah. practicing these scripts, running through trials, getting or understanding all the objections that we might have to deal with as attorneys or script changes for witnesses. It's it's a lot, man. I can't imagine how many hours cumulatively that I've spent doing mock trial in my time at MSU. But I would love to know, actually. <laughs> it, it, it would register as a pretty big fac fraction, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sure you guys are such a tight knit group as well. If you're spending this much time together, we spend so much time together <laughs> inside of practice and outside of practice. And obviously we choose to spend time together outside of practice because we, we get so close of doing doing this activity and practice, hanging out outside of practice. That doesn't even include the time we spend at tournaments because we do travel to other schools. This year we're traveling to Notre Dame, the University of Illinois, and we're gonna be spending pretty much the entire weekend together, crammed in cars, crammed in hotel rooms, Yay! crammed in little courtrooms. How many tournaments do you have per year? We try- Several. Yeah, we. <laughs> I think most people will have three or four tournaments in the fall semester and then two or three in the spring, depending on how far we make it. Okay, and then you're going to nationals. If yes. we make it that far. If we, yes, we make it we that far. Going to, I'm manifesting oh, right now. Yeah. Yes, we're <laughs> making it to nationals. We're going it's to nationals. Yeah. We are going to nationals. Have you made it? Yeah, so that was unfortunate. The year before Sammy and I joined, our team did make it to nationals, but that was going to be in March of 2020. Oh, So obviously no! COVID. And so uh, we did have to wait a year to make a reappearance at nationals, but we went yeah. in 2021. It was in Rochester, Pennsylvania, which is a small little town near Harrisburg, you know, mid-Pennsylvania. Long, strenuous 10-hour drive to get to it. But uh, yeah, that Nationals case was really fun. It was our criminal year. And that case, as I said, takes three weeks to prepare. They just drop another full case packet on you and your team has to go through it, do the same process, but in a very short time span of prepping all the directs and crosses and everything. So that case was about a corrupt police officer, I believe, who was embezzling money for drugs that they had collected as evidence. So Love. yeah, a lot of a lot of like pretty serious crimes and stuff that happen in our our little world of Midlands, as we call it. Midlands is the it's the um how do you describe it? It's the fifty fake 51st state of America. It's where all of the stuff in the Montreal universe goes on. Because obviously they're not gonna say oh, this took place in Michigan, oh, this took place in Texas, because they don't want to get bogged down with all the, the state law. So they make a fake state, base it off the federal rules. Midlands is wild. Things, things go crazy. You have rabid monkeys attacking people on TV sets. You have Ooh. bars burning down. Um, <laughs> you, have a, you have art heists like this year where a bunch of expensive art is stolen from a gala. 
What are some other funny ones? If Midlands were a real state, it would be ranked 51st in crime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crime and and liability. You know, it actually is funny because every year we see reminders of all of the past cases. So, you know, like the, the case last year about the plane crash, the company that owned the plane, I think, is in this year's case as the owner of the helicopter that landed on the roof so that the people could rob the, the gala that was going on. So it really does exist in the same universe. Yeah. 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 Um, Midlands, there's a fandom account for Midlands. I was going to um, say, the people that, that, you know, run Mock Trial Ampta, they are all a bunch of nerds. They like to put in little Easter eggs wherever they have the chance to. It's kind of funny, you know, reading through the case and just seeing all these callbacks. That's definitely something that, that not many people think about when they think about Mock Trial. And it's, it's one of the interesting little tidbits that it is kind of like a little entertainment universe where characters exist. Because, like, you could mention any one of the famous characters from any of the past cases to any Mock Trial kid and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You could make a joke about it. We can't forget there's there's real life Easter eggs written into the case. Like one of the affidavits of the witnesses this year is based off Taylor Swift's song, I think. Which one oh, is it? What song? Uh, Reputation. I know that last year they had one of the witnesses clarify where he was on January 6th. So, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. They'll do little tidbits like that and they'll also do callbacks to previous cases. I think this year the case is a little, they, they, go, they went a little too overboard this year, don't you guys think? Sure, yeah. Way too many references for past cases to the point where it's like, we get it. We know what happened. <laughs> There's also so new people kid. are not picking up on those. No, you, uh, we'll, we'll tell them. It's kind of, you know, like I wasn't here for like the Chuggies bar burning down a few years ago, but I recognize it because I've seen it in so many cases up to mm-hmm. this point. I'm like, OK, I get it. That was something that was important. Us old and decrepit people. Right. <laughs> they like to talk about it all the time. <laughs> oh my Speaking gosh. of old and decrepit people, a lot of old competitors who win awards at nationals get written into the, the case as well. Ooh, that's of, something that's really cool. Yeah. Like our our case law or like characters in the case who aren't actually being called to the stand. And can... Joey's being modest here. He is one of the people yeah, that has been written into our case. Oh, um, yeah, he okay. was a part of our he case He is written law. into case law. So when you do really good like Joey and you win an award at nationals, you get your name written into the case. Or you might get lucky and make your, your name as one of the character witnesses or something like that. They find ways to squeeze in people who are really um, successful in the mock trial world to into the case, which is great. Tell me about the wins. Like, what has been your greatest win? The year I made it to nationals, there's there's a round in between regionals called, in between regionals and nationals called the opening round championship series. And the orcs, as we call it, that we went to, we hit the national champion from the previous year in our last round. And this was the round that was going to decide if we made it to nationals or not. We killed it. There, there was so much fire in all of our spirits Not i have never seen the house no all of, our entire team was on their best performance you know arguing the best that they could witnesses were on fire they were arguing with their crossers i still remember leah leah louise ferdinand who used to be a member of our team was asked to identify a hoodie that the defendant might have worn and they were asking if it looked like a different hoodie and she picked out the one difference between the hoodies so she could stick it to her crossing attorney and say, no, those two hoodies look different. There are no identifying marks distinguishing these two sweatshirts from each other, are there? Well, the uh, little thing where the strings come out of, um, that looks different enough. Ma'am, they're both black, right? 
Oh, that's true. I, that one has the silver little holes. They're both tied at the end, correct? Oh, they are. And from a distance, you wouldn't be able to see any identifying marks to distinguish these hoodies. I guess it, and two that was the that sort of competitive away. spirit that got us into nationals. We won that, that round and made it on. And I will never forget that round. We were so excited to have Aww. been the national champion. You get so into these three hour rounds, like you forget anything else in the world exists. You're locked in, you're you're only thinking about the case. You're so into the competition and, and going against these other schools. And that's one of the best things is going against schools that have great mock trial teams. Those those make the best rounds because it really is so competitive and so, so live. You have the adrenaline rush. Yeah, I would agree. And as much as like those three hours you're locked in, for hours after the trial is done, you are still talking about what happened in that trial. You're, you know, there's so many things that people pick up on. And like I said, those rounds get so dramatic that there is so much that we like to debrief on afterwards just, you know, for fun because we're nerds. For anyone who's interested in learning more about you guys, do you have any social media or websites you want to plug? Oh, we sure do. So our... Our Instagram is MSU Mock. Our Twitter is MSU Mock Trial. Our website is msumocktrial.org. You can find pretty much everything you need to know about our team, who we are, what we do, where we compete, our case. You can find that all on our website. And that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Delaney Rogers, general manager, Jeremy Whiting, and program director, McKenna Lowndes. And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. If you like what you've heard, come back next week. I'm Tessa Kresh. You've been listening to Exposure. This was this week's episode of Exposure. Keep in mind that the views and opinions discussed on Exposure are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff at Impact 89FM. If you're interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you're interested in what's going on next week, you can tune back in and we'll see you back here. You've been listening to Exposure. Exposure.